0: Hello and welcome to the Motormouth Mouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. We've partnered with the Brain Chimber Charity, helping to raise awareness and help find a cure. Thanks to our partnership, we've been able to create a short series of special podcasts uncovering those within the motorsport community who have been affected by those devastating diagnoses. You can hear those stories and more, including the Williams F1 Teams Planning Director, Richard jones right now on your chosen podcast player the charity work all year round to help develop research and raise awareness and if you're looking to challenge yourself this new year why not sign up to the brain tumor Charity's brain power challenge simply choose a challenge that will boost your brain health from meditation to 10k runs to mega sudoku and set your challenge to either silver gold or platinum difficulty level every penny you raise will be spent on the charity's medical research 250 pounds covers the cost of one day of world-class medical research into kinder and better treatments for brain tumours which really does make a difference follow the brain tumour charity on social media to learn more and to sign up boost your brain today to boost other brains tomorrow because a cure can't wait This podcast is brought to you by F1 Experiences, the official experience, hospitality, and travel program of Formula One. F1 Experiences is the closest you can get to the pinnacle of motorsport. And let's face it, any chance to get close to Formula One this year, we're all over it. Enjoy the very best race tickets and track hospitality, first class hotels, and unprecedented access you simply cannot get anywhere else. For more information on how you can book your F1 experience, visit f1experiences.com where you can also save 5% on your very own F1 experiences package by using the code motormouth when checking out online. So what are you waiting for? Experience the 2022 F1 season firsthand with exclusive access courtesy of F1 experiences. Get booking today at f1experiences.com.
2: Hello, my name's Tim Sylvie, and today we're joined by two men who you may not have heard of, but you are definitely aware of their work if you're an F1 fan. Um, and if you watched the last race of the 2021 season, you'll probably want to buy them both a beer. One's based here in the UK, the other in Bahrain. And did you know, Harry Benjamin, you probably did, that in 2004, Bahrain staged the Middle East first Formula One Grand Prix, and the first race took place at the Bahrain International Circuit on the 4th of April, and it was such a success that it was given the award of best Organized Grand Prix by the FIA. But I am not going to ask you who was on the podium that day because, ah, you, you see, you, you thought I, we, this was going to be a walkover. So, for those listening, we, we've got this new software that we're using called Riverside, which is meant to clean up our feed. And it does that brilliantly, but it gives me a three or four second delay when we're talking. So, we've been through this whole introduction once already. And Harry has already answered my question, which was who was on the podium that day, which was Harry. Uh, Schumacher, which I got anyway, Barrichello, and uh, Button. Okay, so you knew that already, so I'm not going to give you that question again, but can you name one, two, three, four, five, six other drivers that were on the grid that day? Uh, Heidfeld. Correct. Uh, Kubica. Mm, Incorrect.
0: Shit, when did he come to F1? Um, uh, uh, Button... um, uh <laughs> montoya montoya correct um uh oh my god 2004 think, um think, think i sibling. will say panis panis yeah, uh yes panis three so who's that Heifelt, that's, uh
2: panis and who's the other one i said and uh, montoya montoya yeah um and ralph schumacher ralph schumacher he was that's number four think who we've had on the podcast
0: how many did you want from me?
2: Six. Uh, oh, oh, oh um. Make it five. Oh, uh, oh, no. Christian Clean? Clean was in there. Yes. Yes, he was. Yes. Well, can you give me and one? And, um,
0: wow, well, when Weber, Weber, yes. Weber, Weber. Yeah, Weber. There we go. <laughs>
2: uh, you got there in the end. Well done.
0: You. Need I remind, I was born in 97. So this is very early, uh, early F1
2: days. Yeah, no, fair play to you. Fair play to you. Well, um, we tried with our other software, we failed. We've been through the introduction again. But we're here, and shall I introduce today's
0: guests, plural, two of them? I think think we've made them wait long enough.
2: I think we have. So today we're joined by the Managing Director of Driven International, Ben Wiltshire, and Mark Hughes, the MD of Mark One Consulting. Both men have impacted the Formula One World Championship massively. Um, They were responsible collectively, with others, for the modification of the Yas Marina circuit layout, with the alterations to the North Hairpin, the South Marina, at the beginning of Turn 11, and the Hotels section at the beginning of turn 17 they were tasked with improving the show and i think we can all confirm they succeeded we're here to learn all about track design and delve into the detail of that world championship defining race and the impact they had on it ben mark thank you for your patience and welcome to the motormouth podcast Thanks,
3: Tim. Thanks, Harry.
2: It's good to be here. Thanks, yes, guys. Great Thank to have you. you both on. Well, first of all, um, well, where are
0: you both joining us today? So you're in different areas, aren't you? Mark, you're in uh, Bahrain, right?
3: I am in not-so-sunny Bahrain. A bit chilly, <laughs> chilly here today, but yeah, I'm, I'm based over in the Middle East.
0: How far away from the uh, circuit are you?
3: As it's about uh, 20 minutes. Bahrain is not the biggest biggest place. It's, uh, it's a pretty small island, so... Uh, yeah, 20 minutes down the road and we can go and enjoy the track and the kart track
0: there. Oh, great. And Ben, how about you?
3: Yeah, I'm in uh, sunny Hampshire, so tucked away in the office
1: today. But yeah, just down in Hampshire, uh, outside of London. So, all good.
0: Very nice. Well, um, let's kick things off then and I'll come back to you, Mark. Uh, how long have you actually been in, in the Middle East for? Presumably it was work that took you there originally.
3: Yeah, so I came here to run the Bahrain Grand Prix Um I joined the circuit in 2004 and uh, was the operations director there for five and a half years before um, before moving to Abu Dhabi when I first met Tim, I think, and uh, did a did a stint in Abu Dhabi before going on to run the track in uh, in India, the Bud circuit, which was on the calendar for three years, mm-hmm. and uh, and then uh, went over to. Uh, back to Abu Dhabi for, for a couple of years before starting my own uh, business in 2013, where, and we now work for multiple circuits around the world.
2: It's impressive stuff. It really is, and, and yeah, and, and as Mark rightly says, we uh, we met um, many years ago, and I, I don't think we really got to know each other terribly well. I w- we were both in the operations department, um, and I was running traffic and transportation. Bit
3: of a yes, with with our I think with our good friend Dana, of
2: course. With our good friend Dana, who sadly left us um, a few months ago, we actually had a a, an episode dedicated in his name. um, Very sad uh, state of affairs. Yeah. Um, Now, now, Ben, uh, let's come to you. Um, Your I guess racing career started literally in racing. You you were a racing driver. How come we're not seeing you on the Formula One grid?
1: (laughs) clearly I wasn't good enough but yeah uh, yeah I don't know I never really uh yeah I rate I I raced uh raced a lot in karts when I was younger and I I raced in super karts as well you know on the long circuits of the the gearbox karts that you know around the Silverstone Grand Prix circuit and Donington and places like that and for me it was just good fun I actually started racing quite late um I was uh I grew up around motorsport. My dad worked in Formula One and touring cars. So as a kid, I was always walking around the paddocks and going to different circuits. But really my thing as a teenager, I was really, uh, I did mountain bike racing, downhill mountain bike racing for many, many years uh, until I realized I was hurting myself way too frequently. So <laughs> I thought I'd give supercars a go instead. Um, and turned out I was quite good at it. So yeah, I raced in the British Championships in supercars, and then still, still now do some saloon car racing. And for me, it's just fun, but it definitely helps with the circuit design
3: to be yeah. able to, you know, see things from a driver's perspective that's for sure yeah I also i think ben's being very modest as well he's he's frustratingly fast in a go-kart Is he? really annoying <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> one of those i hate those people well ben, ben we have our a uh, karting day coming up on uh, 31st of march so um, i'll be there get your team in get your team in yeah um, I need to yeah 100 um well let's jump right into it um Let's start at Yas Marina Circuit. You both had a big influence on that racetrack. Um, I know you worked with Karin Chandok as well, who's one of our former podcast guests, um, to redesign, re-engineer the original Tilka Design Circuit to try and improve the show. And I know that Yas Marina Circuit in the past has been criticised for producing a bit of a procession. So take us back to the start of this process. How does something like this happen? How do you get to a point where somebody is coming to you or you're going to them saying we need some help here to to improve the layout of the show what does that process look like right in the early stages how does it happen
3: uh I, it goes back to a phone call from yas marina so since leaving uh, yas marina circuit back in 2012 i've i've kept a very good relationship with them i still help them occasionally with, uh, with a lot of their drag racing and stuff like that um I've still got a lot of friends there they're very aware of the work that that Mark one have been doing around the world in developing new tracks and um and they contacted me and said look we we're, we're frustrated 2020 uh sorry yeah 2020 wasn't the best season for anyone in motorsport with covid um but it was particularly hard on the circuits because normally uh, As an event, you organize a race, you organize, uh, Abu Dhabi organizes amazing concerts, an incredible vending area, the parties on the boats, all of the razzmatazz that goes with the race. When you take all of that razzmatazz away and you're left with a race that doesn't have a lot of overtaking and gets a lot of criticism, it it left a bit of a sour taste in people's mouths. And to be fair to the the Emirati uh, management of the circuit, they said, look, we 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 now realize we've got to do something about this track. We and they started the conversation with Formula One and worked with Ross Braun's team, in particular a guy called Craig Wilson, um, to look at how they could modify the circuit. So the original concept for the changes came from them. Um they, they did did a report looking at different areas of the track and how they could create a number of changes that would hook together to create a more exciting lap. And they did that predominantly based on the 2022 regulations uh and so not necessarily for this year but the management at the circuit said look we want to try and do the changes as quickly as possible so they picked up the phone and called us in February and said is this something that you could um project manage it for us and uh do the detailed design for and and look after all of the FIA safety requirements and so I said yeah it's it's something we could do and I wanted to bring Ben and the guys from driven international into that project. And, um, and, and, and it started from there. It, it was an amazing phone call to receive. It, it started off with a really, uh, a number of very interesting video calls with the, with the management team and with formula one. And we started to look at what they'd already planned and how we could make that a reality. Um, and I think that what a lot of people don't probably don't realize is that uh, modifying an existing track is much harder than building one from scratch. <laughs> it, it, was, it was enormous challenge and we had a very short time frame to do it in because YAS had pre-bookings for the track in, uh, at the end of September, beginning of October. So everything had to be done in a very short time frame. And, uh, and these things always take a bit longer than, than anyone thinks they will
0: it's it's a massive uh, project to undertake especially as you allude to there when it's already a, a built track ben you're then brought in fairly early on as well what are you thinking where the hell do you start do you is someone basically giving a track map and putting that down in front of you, you go okay here's what we ha- kind of have in mind what do you think how do we do it and what do you do next do you start getting the the, the spades and
1: the diggers out uh, I mean, you you pretty much put it well. Where we are presented with a track map. So, I mean, the, the most common thing is that we receive uh, like drawings or layouts, and and this came, you know, from from Formula One and the discussions that have been had with Yas. And there's a kind of a layout given to us that's the almost like the vision of what the circuit could be, where the improvements could be, but. Obviously, our job then is to go, well, how feasible is this? You know, can you actually build what we've what we're seeing on here? And um, I spend a lot of time as well looking at like what the fans are saying and reading up reports of what the drivers are saying around the circuit. And that has an influence on some of the thinking as well. But when we first receive the maps from Formula One, we then look at the detail of how that could be implemented on the ground. So for example, North Hairpin, so the first part of the lap that we changed, uh where previously there was a chicane the television flattens that out hugely. So anyone that's watched it on the television probably thinks that's quite a flat piece of circuit. When you go there in real life the and you see it at one-to-one scale, it's actually quite undulating and you've got all sorts of camber and crests going on. So the first thing we start to do is overlay the sort of 2D sketches and actually see whether it can all tie together on the ground. And so that really the first part of the job was taking the layout and then, um, kind of fine-tuning it really into reality. So we'll start looking at, you know, how much the ground is moving. Um can spectators see the circuit? That was a big consideration down at the hairpin. You know, what's the best viewing? What are the runoff requirements for the FIA? Will they be happy with it and approve it? And then also looking at, um, we start running our own simulations as well to look at like fine tuning the track. And that's where Karun comes in board as well. And, and we have him driving in the simulator. So we really start to fine tune the, their layouts that are given to us as a brief.
2: Ben, when, when you've got someone like Karun working with you, who's got that driver perspective, is he, will he be like, well, don't put a runoff area there, put a barrier so that there's a, there's a pe- you know, if you go off, there's a penalty rather than, you know, a big runoff area and you just crack on and you see <laughs> like we had on lap one. You know, it, 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 is that, does that happen? Do you have those sorts of discussions?
1: Yeah, I mean, um it's, in, it's interesting because you, you ask race drivers and they'll want the fastest corners. They like to feel, you know, they like to feel like it's dangerous. This is what race drivers thrive on. They like the adrenaline. Um, but, you know, when we're working with Karoon and other drivers... Um, they're one stakeholder in the whole process. So then you'll have, you know, the operations team. So from Mark's perspective, and also the guys that are still on the ground, they're working at Yas. They'll want think, you know, their priorities to be things like, well, how can I get a telehandler handler out of this gap to recover a car? Yeah. So you, and then Formula One will be looking at it from what's going to look exciting with the cameras, and then you have to think about the spectators. So you kind of have to filter out like the important pieces of information you're getting from the drivers. And Kareem won't mind me saying this, like he gives us excellent feedback and and he can sit in the sim and tell us like how it will feel in the car and what's exciting about it and which option he prefers. But then I have to kind of interpret that and say, well, we can do this, this and this, but I know the FIA won't approve certain things Mm -hmm. or something won't work on the ground. So it's just one ingredient that filters into it, but it's definitely valuable. Yeah.
3: I think also uh, to add to that, Ben is a racer, so I think there are areas where he 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 kind of tries to sit on the fence. but Sometimes he errs towards the Karoon <laughs> yeah. mindset and thinks, actually, I'd quite like it to be a bit quicker through there, or I'd like to change a corner. And and the overruling factor is also does it meet the FIA safety requirements? Um, yeah. And and whatever we do we always have to collaborate with the FIA to make sure that we maintain that grade one license. So we, we spent a lot of time talking with the circuit commission liaising with Michael Massey, um, understanding their mindset in terms of track limits and, and the, the hot topic of track limits. And, and as a result, we ended up making some changes to th- some significant changes to things like curbs to keep people on the track, um, which I think actually were received pretty well.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think all the all the changes were pretty positive, weren't they? And what, what what just talk us through outside of that that North Grandstand hairpin, if you like, what what were the other changes, Mark, that you guys put in place?
3: So the the approach that we took, which Formula One and Ross's team took, was to create changes on a number of sections of the track that would hang together to allow the cars to follow more closely. So uh, I think a lot of people. Immediate when they knew we were making the changes, straight away we're talking about more overtaking. It, it, ultimately, to overtake, it, it, it's in the hands of the driver. W- what we will do is create opportunities where the cars can follow more closely together. So after after the hairpin in the north grandstand, the next change was down near the marina, um, just after the support pits, which previously was a series of very slow uh, corners. And and I think we took, we removed four corners and replaced that with one very fast sweeping bend, um, which became a signature corner for the track. Up until then, Yas didn't really have a corner that everyone went, wow, that's an amazing corner. Uh, the corner is cambered and, and the speed carried through there is significant. Um, and then after that, the hotel section always came in for a lot of criticism partly because it was it, the track is off camber um so so technically it was a real real pain for the drivers and the engineers to get the cars to work properly through there and what we've done with the team is open up the radius of the corners to make that section much faster and if you if you look at the section that physically passes under the hotel that's more it's almost one corner now it's one steering input to sweep underneath that that uh, part of the hotel it is much quicker. Uh, we also moved the track edge closer to the barrier as uh, Latifi discovered <laughs> um, famously on race day. And, uh, and we opened up the second to last corner as well. So that's now flat in a Formula One car. And the, and the net result were lap times that were were something like 10 seconds a lap quicker than previous races. Wow. Um, and, and And there was more overtaking, which is what everyone had hoped for.
0: Mm. Ben actually what was it everything you had hoped for because yes we got more overtaking I think turn 5 will certainly go down in uh, in history as well as where the move was made um, but obviously it's interesting being about what you said as well Mark how you know it was initially designed for the 2022 cars so do you think that next year we'll see uh, even more improvement of, of action
1: yeah I think well, firstly yes I mean it definitely is delivered I mean I Mark and I were actually stood at turn 5 Oh no! Right. So we we saw Verstappen, <laughs> you know, do do the, the dive down at Turn Five on the final lap, and and saw it all unfold, which was it which was incredible. I mean, the atmosphere there was it was electric. It was amazing. So, I think you know, um, speaking to the team at Yas Marina, they've, they've all been very happy with the with the circuit. Obviously, the championship spectacle definitely helped to, to to create the event. Um, but but as Mark said, we saw people, you know, we saw Alonso having having a go with some overtaking into the hotel section. We saw. Perez and Hamilton able to, to follow more closely through the hotel and we saw that last lap battle as well so I think the circuit's delivered as a designer you always have more in your in, in your pocket that you kind of want to throw at this and this comes back to what you were saying earlier like um, with Caroon as well you know with the turn nine the, the cambered corner you Karun know, was saying oh, can we have more let's put more banking, more banking which obviously I wanted to do as well I think everyone would want to do in a dream world but certain constraints that you just can't do it in terms of practicalities around the track so um I feel like we've done uh, a good job to make an improvement on the circuit I think the interesting one for me though is like if I, if we were given Yas Island as a blank canvas what would the track have looked like you know if we'd completely designed it from scratch um that that plays on my mind a lot how would we have designed it differently from scratch but obviously we were working with you know, the existing circuit going under the hotel around the marina and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, very happy with it, but you always want to push to do more and, and you've got <laughs> have more you ideas. Not, uh, have you
2: not run a simulation of like a blank canvas Yas Marina circuit? <laughs> we,
1: no, we have, we've not. I don't think really <laughs> we have time to be honest, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, we did, we did do, we did explore other options. Like we looked at, we did look at putting more banking on the corner. We looked at um, widening some corners through the hotel as well. And, But, yeah, for various reasons, you get into practicalities of doing it. You know, like the marina, if we put more banking on, then the runoff also has to go up as well. And you end up with like a seven-meter-high wall on the outside of the corner and guys in the marina can't actually see from their boats. So there's all these sorts of things that you start looking into. Um, But, yeah, we did run various options on the SIN. So Karun has driven three or four different kind of slightly varied options of what was built. And that, you know, we, we used a lot of uh, his feedback on the data and working with Craig at Formula One to to sign off on the final design.
3: It made me, I think yeah. it's also worth adding that um, when Formula One initially came up with the concept, they only think of Formula One. But Yas Marina is a 365 day a year business and, and it is used extensively for product launches, for corporate events, for uh, retail product. Uh, and it's it's a very busy track but it also hosts other types of racing as well and what we didn't want to do was uh, affect the GT races that they host there um, the Formula 4 National Championship um, and I think the the, the the excitement of the F2 race um, during the Grand Prix weekend showed that, uh, that, that the, the track changes worked for the other Formula as well. Yeah. well four wide
0: at one point wasn't yeah. it I think that yeah. certainly showed it <laughs> worked yeah. for
1: F2 You were asking Harry about 2022, I think, question. Uh, and to Mark's point, I would expect, in theory, the Formula One race to be more like this year's F2 race next year. Yeah. Because, like, at the moment, if you look at the aero packages on the car, I think the, you yeah. know, a car that's following, they lose around 35, 40% of the downforce once yeah. they're right up, you know, behind another car, which is why they all hang back a second, second and a half, and you get this kind of train of cars. Next year, with the new regulations, I think that number is reduced to something like between 5 and 10% downforce loss. Wow. So the cars will be even able to follow even better. Uh and in theory, that should apply at all circuits. And, and obviously, YAS has been designed for that. So, yeah, I would hope we'll see like an F2-style race in the future with the Formula 1 cars, it's which would be very cute, cool.
0: Cute, cute it would exciting. be very cool, wouldn't it? What is, I suppose, the, the best – if you could pinpoint one – best highlight of the job of designing a track? We know what, it sounds like we know it's quite hard, especially when, when you're having to work from a track that's already built. But if you had to say what the best part of your job is, what is it?
2: Mm,
1: good I, question. I, I would say I, I've got two answers that. For me, honestly, the most satisfying thing, I mean, obviously seeing it unfold on race day, but honestly, the thing that I enjoyed most was walking the circuit with the marshals and the ops team. We did a night where we, we were at the, at the venue and the asmarina Marina um, operations team, they invited all the marshals to come and walk the circuit with us. And we walked around and you could just see the excitement on their face. They're asking us questions and like all these marshals that give up their time to go and, you know, do these races. It was just a really nice moment to walk around their new circuit with us and kind of answer their questions and then the other one was I actually got to drive the circuit before it was released, and I did spin. I was the first person <laughs> to spin a car at Turn Five. To, <laughs> a catering, a, a perfect car. Oh,
3: yeah, easy to say. You're going to spin, spin in the Caterham.
1: Yeah, lined it and crashed on it.
0: There we go. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Well, Mark, same same question to you.
1: Yeah, I think
3: almost the same answer as Ben's. Really, it's 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 the people you work with and the the excitement that you see in the clients and the staff when they start to see that venue come together. And, and you can see the pride in what they're involved in. Uh, and it, it's, we're very lucky that we do this all over the world with different circuits. And I love working with people from all, from all these different countries. And normally on, normally it's on race day. Yes, was a little bit different because these people had already delivered races at the circuit, but I love, or MotoGP, or something else, and and just seeing the excitement on people's faces when they when they first see the cars on track or the bikes, and realizing what they've done, and that the project they've been involved in has been is being shown live on TV to millions of people.
0: A quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsor, F1 Experiences. F1 Experiences offer a wide range of packages that come direct from Formula 1, giving you a unique experience of the pinnacle of motorsport. Official ticket packages come with the very best race tickets, first-class hotels and transfers, and unprecedented access, including track tours, pit lane walks, VIP hospitality, and loads more. It really is the closest you can get to Formula 1. And thanks to F1 Experiences, Experiences, you can return to the track this year and Motormouth listeners can save five percent on your next f1 experience package by using the code Motormouth when booking online at f1 experiences.com
2: you must um is, is there an element of at the start of the race you're thinking holy shit like if this goes bad <laughs> our, our, our,
3: our we had that conversation really in the in the grandstand you know, at, at turn five like, but please. yes we're like Please, Christ, what's please, going-
2: please go in three abreast to that corner and come out all in one piece. <laughs> you know, it, it, it must be nerve wracking because that, that's your job. That's what you're there to deliver. If, it, if it's a boring race, you're going to get people going, well, that didn't work. What a waste of time and money that was. Does Does that play on your mind at the start of a, a big race like that?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, in particular, yes. Ben and I were having conversations and... Uh, there's a funny little anecdote that there was there was there were some people trying to take credit for some of the work uh, that we were doing, and just thought, well, look, if, it, if it does go wrong, we'll blame them. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but no, it, it was very it, it was stressful. We were we were we were hoping for positive feedback. We we were dreading the interviews with the drivers when they got out of the cars after free free practice. Well, I'm just thinking, what are they going to say about this? And we we knew deep down that it worked. We'd both walked the track, Ben had driven it, uh, we'd had feedback from Karun, but but you know what it's like—you just and the the proof of the pudding and all that. So the sound bites we got from the drivers were fantastic, and and yes, yeah, some of the drivers were saying that we we're not sure it's going to improve the race. Um, I, I think Lando was fairly vocal about the fact that he thought it it wouldn't necessarily improve overtaking, but he did say it was much more exciting exciting to drive, and uh, and I think that overall it was great.
2: Did you see, um, Harry, did you see uh, on the Skypad when Karun, who obviously knows the changes to that track better than almost anyone, bar the two guys we've got on the call, (laughs) and, and he was talking to Damon Hill, and he was like, Damon had done a lap, and he was saying to Damon, so, you know, what do you think of the changes? And, it, and Damon had no idea what was going on. <laughs> he was like, uh, well, I can't really remember what it was like before. And I'm not, <laughs> is, it, is, is this turn five? Is this, is this, have you done something here? You can see Kroon thinking, well, <laughs> you This guy's a world champion.
3: But is that an indication of Damon's memory? Yes. yes. The, or the fact that the previous layout wasn't particularly memorable. I'm not yes. entirely sure. He wouldn't,
1: ra- he wouldn't have raced on it, would he, to no, give him... To no. Fair, no, no. no but,
3: but yeah dear old
0: I Damon but I, I mean I mean you guys are brooking it poor old Karoon. I mean I'm I, <laughs> practically the poster boy on Sky's coverage for the entire <laughs> track anything wrong with it it was Karun's fault wasn't it um, but outside of uh, yes Marina we mentioned it at the top of the show you know the other the other projects you've worked on what other highlights are you
3: quite proud of uh, I, I think that Ben m- may say the same thing as me but um I've been very fortunate to work on a number of new tracks around the world, but recently we we opened a track in Indonesia that is just spectacular. Uh, it's a new motorcycle um, circuit on the island of Lombok, next to Bali. Is that the Manda-Lika circuit? Manda- Mandalika circuit? Mandalika circuit,
0: yeah. Circuit, yeah. Oh, because they're racing there for the first time, aren't they? Yeah, MotoGP. <laughs>
3: Yes, yeah, so they're, they're going for a test in February and then racing in March. We had World Superbikes there in uh, November, which was incredibly wet, but the feedback from the riders was fantastic. There was w- w- great Grip on the track, even in the wet. Wheel to wheel racing. Jonathan Ray unfortunately lost the title for the first time in what six or seven years. Mm. Um, but 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 overall, the racing was amazing, and that that location is just spectacular. It's fifty meters from the whitest beach you'll ever see in the bluest ocean. It's wow. it's like Phillip Island, but with sunshine.
2: Amazing. Sounds delightful. Um, now Ben, I can put you on the spot here from a, a designer's perspective. What is the best racetrack that you are aware of on the planet?
1: that is a tough question. Um, it's really hard to answer because you, it depends what formulas you're running. Like if you're talking about Formula One, like some of the tracks I that I quite like for Formula One would be I really like Cota from the layout perspective. I like the the fast S's at the beginning, the the hill client, you know, the, the climb up to turn one. The geometry on the hairpin, I think the Bud circuit as well has some features similar to that in India. Um, Bahrain, I really like. I mean, it's weird with Bahrain because in the past that's been kind of muted to have like double races, but then in recent years it's been really, really exciting. So those kind of like more modern era circuits, Sepang would be another one i drop in. From my own perspective, from racing in the UK and around Europe, I love Alton Park and Cadwell Park. They're my, they're my two hands-down favourite circuits because they're parkland circuits they're up and down blind corners slightly narrow in places if you get it wrong you, you you're punished so yeah it's a hard question to answer but yeah they're like the modern era f1 circuits those that are named would probably be up there and then from a driver's perspective like alton park but i don't think that was really designed as such it just kind of yeah. evolved like yeah. a lot of and probably the best tracks yeah. um in fairness kind of doing myself out of a job here but the uh <laughs> the uh the, uh, the better, a lot of the best circuits are the ones that have evolved over the years you know the old the old school tracks i think every you know a lot of race drivers would say the same thing
2: is there do, do you find mark there's tracks you, you know if, whether you're there in person or you're watching racing on tv that you look at and you think i could really make an impact there like that oh that corner's crap i could definitely do something with that chicane you know do, do you find yourself longing and Uh, sort of lusting after different racetracks thinking, yes, like get me in there.
3: Yeah, I think... Uh, ben and I have had similar conversations. We 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 we'll watch a race. If we're travelling together and the race is on, we might we might look at a race and go, yeah, we could we could do something with that corner, or we could improve something here and there. Um, as all track designers and, and most fans probably do. If you look at a lot of the social media around the work we did at Yas, um, there was there was plenty of criticism as well as positives around it. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think. As, as Ben said, with regards to Cadwell and Orton, and uh, I used to be the, the ops manager at Brands, which is one of my all-time favourite tracks, um, the older tracks did evolve. They they tended to use to, topography and, and land that was available 70 years ago. Um, and I think that we've seen less of that with, with the modern circuits. They're, 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 they're built um, to, to meet modern safety standards. They have to meet the FIA and the FIM requirements depending on what's racing on them. And um, and I think that means that tracks don't evolve quite as much as they used to. Hopefully, with the work that we've done at YAS, maybe that'll change. Maybe some... some uh, I know that Albert Park has, has been revised recently, um, and, and I'm sure that we'd love to try and uh, dabble with some other circuits if we had the chance.
0: Well, what is in... The pipeline. Is there anything in the pipeline that you could tell us that you're perhaps working on now or for this year?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I, we're helping to uh, deliver the race in Jeddah. Uh, we, we helped deliver the first race there um, a week before um, the Abu Dhabi race. So uh, the end of the season was just. insane for us with Mandalika, followed by Jeddah and then Abu Dhabi. And because Jeddah's race has moved from the end of the season to the start of the season, we're straight into planning for the second race. Um, So that that race is at the end of March, uh, straight after Bahrain. And so we've we've got a team there with helping with the operation of that track. We weren't involved in the design of the circuit. That's a Tilka circuit. But we look after the, the track safety and the operational side. Um, the first three months of this year, we'll see uh, we'll see us bouncing around quite a lot and, and having lots of PCR tests and spending a bit of time in quarantine. I suspect. Um, in terms of other things in the pipeline, we, it, it always surprises me how many uh, people are planning on building race tracks. There doesn't seem to be any let up in um, the number of inquiries that we're getting, the number of uh, the amount of interest in people building circuits. Not many of them are Formula One or MotoGP tracks. We get them a lot of interesting club circuits, uh, private members circuits and things like that all over the world. And uh, as soon as we are able to to talk about them, we'll let you know.
1: Very diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> um, We've got a cool track coming in Canada from our side, which uh, which yeah. you should keep an eye on called Oro Station, which Ooh. is a new Grade 3 track, so... Uh, yeah, just north of Toronto, so so it's uh it's more GT racing and like members club, yeah, cool project. So and Hawaii awesome ground as well. Your your project there is pretty yeah, interesting as well.
2: that's is that Mike uh, Michael Kitchens? Is that the guy?
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah.
2: He, yeah, uh, I had a conversation with him maybe a year okay. ago um, when he was just filling up his plate because he's got a sort of private members thing going on, isn't he? Or or, or sort of um, I, I guess there wealthy people that can afford to put a bit of money in and get some stake in the game. And, uh, and he, he seemed to be doing amazing things. And he was very honest. He was like, you know, I've not really done this sort of stuff before, but people seem to be buying into it. And he mentioned the guys that driven and, um,
1: there's not many people that build, um, more than one racetrack really. So everyone's kind of doing it for the first time, which is where Mark and I help them out. It's, it's interesting from that perspective,
2: but that looks pretty special, you know, close to an airport on a tropical Island, Behind them, in front of the mountains by the coast that's going to be a pretty special racetrack when it's all done and dusted isn't it
1: yeah it'll be epic I mean I've been over to see it it's incredible so um, yeah we look forward to getting that one up and running for sure I mean uh, there's a good market there as well I think it's like the fourth wealthiest state in the US yeah. wow like that. so there's some real you know uh, there's a lot of celebrities there with like holiday homes. There's a good tourism market, so to go there and do a bit of driving and fun track days whilst you're on holiday, it makes a lot of sense. Perfect. So,
0: yeah, it's very exciting, isn't it? And actually, we've got we've got a final three questions for you, but I just want to chuck another one in before we get on to that. Um, a while ago, I can't remember what year it was, but I, I well, it was when um, Button and Hamilton were both at McLaren, so 2011, maybe something like that they both did a feature where they were sort of basically describing a race through the city of London and how a street circuit, particularly at night, might look. Obviously that's never come to fruition, but what, what's your take on the possibility of there ever being some kind of street circuit in London? Is it even
3: possible to do? I can answer. But I'll, I'll throw in first. Anything's possible um i like that i think i mean we, i've worked on a number of street circuit concepts um all over the world and there is absolutely the opportunity to have a street circuit in london i think you need to be very careful about where you do it so that you don't bring the whole city to a grinding hall um but but it would be it would certainly be possible
0: all right then. Well, of course, Formula E did it, but I suppose you're sort of on a different level, oh. aren't you? They went, they went through the XL. <laughs> but they're they're a lot quieter and not as fast. So,
1: yeah, <laughs> I for me, can't for quite me that's the challenge. Like for me, it's uh, the, the practicalities of delivering it. I mean, who knows whether that's uh, as Mark said, anything's possible. But mm. whether it will happen, I think remains to be seen. I think, especially with the venue, you've got Silverstone. So, uh, yeah, we shall see.
3: Mm. But yeah Br- bring back the Birmingham Super Prix.
2: Oh yeah
1: yes that'd be
2: awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah fully on board
0: isn't I think, Birmingham yeah. isn't that isn't that the second
1: capital second city that's in, in yes.
0: the UK? Yes. yeah it is yeah. isn't it yeah. okay so that's fine yeah,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, get, do, get, do, get do. yourselves up to Coventry Motor Fest as well we do yeah. a, a little sprint circuit there it's a really really cool event that they host every summer with uh, oh, it's free to attend it's all open for the city and they do uh, sprint sprint course racing now in the summer it's really really cool summer. oh yeah. cool if you're a car, it, it, car fan, it's a good one to put on your list.
2: Uh, Harry's writing it down as we. Speak. I'm literally He's writing there. it down. I'm literally <laughs> writing it down. It'd be, it'd be cool if you could, if someone with really deep pockets just came along and went, just take all the best bits of every great racetrack around the world and put them all together and just see what happens. It'd be That, that must be like complete porn for car designers.
3: <laughs> Fun, funnily enough, I, I, Ben will probably say the same, but a lot of our clients do have their favorite corners that they would like to try and combine to create a new circuit. And in theory, it it sounds great, but actually those corners work really well because of where they are. And, And when you actually tie-in Paddock Hill with um, the corkscrew just doesn't doesn't seem to work quite as well yeah, really. yeah, and, you, and you actually if, you, if you're if you going to design a track you want it to stand on its own two feet you want it to be famous for its own corners and not necessarily because you copied somebody else's
2: what, what makes a great track then what what are the ingredients that you put into a great racetrack
3: yeah, I think everyone will probably give you a slightly different answer from, from my perspective I think elevation helps enormously great elevation um uh, Really does make a big difference. I mean, don't get me wrong. Flat circuits like Silverstone and, and Mandalika is an incredible circuit, but it, it's reasonably flat. Um, but I, I do like elevation on a circuit.
1: Yeah, I would say uh, elevation definitely. Um, you have to have one corner in there that's the hold, hold the breath corner every lap for the driver. So, like Cops at Silverstone, or even the Maggots Becket sequence. So, uh, you need to have one, one or two high speed proper corners and then like technical sequence where you can have some big braking zones for overtaking. So real mix, like in theory we could design like the optimum formula one track from an engineer's perspective. We could make all the F1 engineers really, really happy because we know what they look for to make the cars set up and you know, how to manage the tires. But obviously we don't want to do that. <laughs> we want to make life difficult <laughs> for them. So um, yeah, but I would I would echo Mark saying that like, elevation is key and then the high speed and, and the ability to uh, two or three overtaking spots around the lap. You have too many and it just becomes too easy.
2: I uh, Just before we come on to our final three, I, we, we keep pushing it back to keep thinking of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, we've obviously got Miami coming online next year. This year. God. Yeah. Um, yes. You've obviously seen you know, the simulations of that, that circuit. What, what do you make of that one?
1: I think it's um, definitely following the philosophy we're seeing now with Formula One, where all—if you look now—all the circuits, including Yas, a lot higher speed. You know, you look at Miami. I think we'll see a lot of cars following there, uh, particularly along the back straights and through the high-speed s's. Hard to know, you know, how much overtaking there'll be. It's, uh, that, that, as we saw at Yas, you—you can't really. Uh, see that until the event unfolds. I think the spectacle will be amazing uh, at, the, at the stadium. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be really, I think it will be one on the list to go to for spectators and VIPs and stuff. It will become a real kind of go-to event. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks like they've done a nice job.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the team there know how to put on a good show. And I know that a number of Tim and I, former colleagues from YAS are over there working on the project. Uh, I think it'll be a great event to go to. I'm just disappointed it's not in downtown Miami.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. it's one maybe yeah. we'll be VIPs as
0: well <laughs> by then, Tim, and we can get to go and have a look Wait, around. Do, do
3: you- <laughs> another uh, another good case though
1: of uh, like you kind of working like you're working with a lot of constraints around the stadium, the car park, and the city. Mm. So I think yeah. you know, so I'm sure as designers, like the guys that have been designing it, they. they you know, they would have had a lot of constraints that people don't know about to try and work with. So, um, but yeah, we shall see.
2: It'll be interesting. And and what is also interesting about Miami, you know, it's, you mentioned about the show. They're going to put on a great show. There'll be lots of VIPs and celebrities in attendance. So I, I've been looking into hospitality there for a, a client and um, a the, it's all sold out pretty much. There's one or two teams mm. that have some spare capacity in their paddock clubs and so on for those that don't know, Paddock Club is like is the top end hospitality in Formula One. It's very nice. You get lovely food, you get great seats and air conditioned suite. You get driver appearances, all the rest of it, the full shebang. So, a weekend ticket at the moment in Miami, bearing in mind it's nearly sold out, is going to cost you anywhere between twelve to thirteen and a half thousand pounds for one person to go for the race weekend. Ouch. Unbelievable! Oh, so, one. yeah, oh, for one per, it's crazy, crazy money. But people are buying them. It, people yeah. are still are still paying the money to do it because it's in such high demand. Um, so it should be pretty impressive. So, yeah, it's not bad at all. So Harry, I think to, uh, we need to uh, up our game if we're to get an invite to that.
0: Right? Well, I've got I've got the penny jar, so it's slowly filling up. Okay. So maybe by then uh, it might might be enough. Might have thirteen and a half thousand by then, just just for me though, obviously.
1: I, I think you could run a live podcast from uh, from Miami. Could be yeah. cool.
2: Oh, I think
0: so. I think that's absolutely on the cards.
2: Yeah. Well, our, our friends at F1 Experiences, who are a partner of the show, I think you know they're they're bound to have a suite there. They should have some some in suite entertainment. So you know, absolutely. Book off,
0: absolutely. Well, God, I think it is time though for our final three, uh, which we ask to all of our guests, which is brought to you by our partners at F1 Experiences.
2: Tim, do you want to kick off with the first one? Sure thing. Uh, to both of you, quick fire questions. Let's start with you, Ben. What's got you excited at this very moment?
1: Uh, oh, I'm talking to you guys. Finally, someone said it. Mark, same one to
2: you.
3: I've actually just bought a house in the UK, oh, so I'm, oh, I'm pretty wow. excited about that, and it's a bit of a renovation project, so that's uh, that's really exciting.
2: So you're moving back? Is this, is this
3: a- uh, not, not permanently. Uh, the business is here. We've got various uh, generations of family here. Um, but the, the long-term plan with kids and school and stuff is to is to look at coming back so yeah so that I'm excited about that very
0: good that is really exciting okay um second question for you both uh, Mark we'll start with you this time what's your favorite race track
3: Ooh, uh, it's actually a track that not that many people will have heard of called Bilsterberg in Germany okay. uh, which is an incredible we were talking earlier about how much Elevation is important. Uh, I think it's important on a racetrack. That's a private club circuit, um, and it's got something like 43 meters of elevation change. Wow. It's extraordinary. It's one of the few circuits I've driven that I struggle to remember on each lap. It's like a mini Nürburgring. It's, it's really wow. quite quite spectacular.
2: Very cool, uh, Ben. You mentioned some before, but could you could you pick one out?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely Alton Park, hands down. I mean, for me. Like having driven it and raced on it, it's just such a great circuit to drive. It's uh, one of the old school tracks. So for me, Alton Park, the full circuit. Um, I think it helps is also where I won the British uh, Supercar Championship and the O Plate. So I kind of had good good memories of it. It's funny though, because when I first raced there, I didn't like it. I think it's because I broke down. So it's funny how, <laughs> you, funny how your opinion changes. Yeah, it's amazing what winning does, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Final question to you both. Um, let's uh, let's go to you, Mark. What are you scared of?
3: <laughs> snakes is about the only thing I am terrified yeah. of. Absolutely hate snakes. Have Other had, than have that, have you had an encounter I, with a snake? Is that why? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, oh. and, and working in in tropical countries and things, we've we've had numerous uh, encounters with uh, with creatures, as Ben may uh i've wound ben up a few times when we've been (laughs) out out in the doing (laughs) site visits in jungles and the tropics um but yes i hate snakes very good ben wasps
1: Whoa. I will run Mark, or t- Mark could have answered that for you I will run a mile I, cannot, I can't sit in my office if there's a wasp even in the room I'm gone uh, I think I actually jumped out of my mum's car once because there was a wasp in there so I would not recommend that but yeah I've got a massive video of wasps so it's completely rational.
3: unfortunately I take advantage yeah, of that's, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Well my mum my she used to say to me uh, stand still stand still and then I got stung so I was like now I just
0: you actually been
1: stung. That's fair
0: enough then. If you've actually yeah. been stung, I'm 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 just as scared as what of wasps I think, but I've never actually been stung by one. What? Yeah. But I'm just as scared. I will run for my life.
1: You should stung.
2: be scared. Yeah. <laughs> huh? You've never been stung by a wasp in your
0: entire life. No, because I run.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've been stunned. Logi- it's a logical solution, Harry.
0: Logical. There was a sp- actually, I'll tell you what, the other day, uh, two days ago, even, we were taking out all the Christmas decorations um, from the house and just cleaning up. saw this gigantic spider appear in the bathroom. And I literally, I've never felt more scared. It was the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. Not tarantula, but like the one down from that. And I just didn't know what to do. I just froze. And I was the only one in the house. Scared. Scared me. Get the hell out of me. Tread on it. What, anyway. what,
3: what is one down from a tarantula? Um, Daddy long legs? Daddy long legs, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a, That's how I'm describing uh, it,
1: anyway. <laughs> you, you wouldn't have enjoyed uh, being in, in Chennai. We were on a track walk there, just a little wreck to link it back to the race circuits. And Mark saying he's scared of snakes. So we had a, a cobra. We were doing a, a lap around the circuit. In uh, just a safety car doing a circuit inspection, I was getting out and walking every now and then just to kind of look at stuff and in the grass, and um, got back in the car and, and this this Cobra up, you know, up in uh, yeah, in yeah. the car. No, no, like oh, just ahead of us on the circuit. Oh god! Just, uh, yeah, if it was in the car, that would have been a bigger problem. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah, it was on the circuit, and then like before we knew it. Like seconds, it just off into the grass and it was gone.
3: Oh, it, it definitely you think about walking in long grassy runoff areas. Oh, that's that's the trouble. Snakes are much quicker than people realize. Yeah,
2: good, good snake chat. Love a good snake chat. Yes, um, and, and I'm amazed how you've never been stung by a wasp. I'm I'm gonna have to rectify that this summer. That's weird, that doesn't yeah. happen uh, <laughs> ever. But, uh, <laughs> but thank you both very, very much. Um, it's fascinating to hear actually, it's, it's the first of its kind. We've never had um someone like you guys on the podcast before so it's really interesting to hear how these things work and how they operate and, and the, the complexities of it um, so thank you both very very much congratulations on Yas Marina Circuit as well I think all thank the changes you. you've made have, have been very very well received and very well publicised it must be a very proud moment to see it going so well and what a culmination we had to that season. Um, And long may it continue um, with with so much excitement. Um, Mark, good luck with the move. Um, Regards to the family and and to all our mutual contacts over in the Middle East. And and Ben, good to meet. Make sure you get your booking in for the kart race. Teams are selling fast. And uh, thank you for joining us on the Motormouth podcast. Thank
1: Thank you
3: very much. Great to talk to you.
0: Before you go, one final reminder to check out F1 Experiences, the official experience, hospitality and travel program of Formula 1. F1 Experiences is the closest you can get to the sport. Official ticket packages which include the best race tickets, first class hotels, travel and exclusive behind the scenes access across a Grand Prix weekend. F1 Experiences offer packages like no other. So to book your F1 Experiences package, head online to F1Experiences.com and if you enter code MOTORMOUTH, you'll get 5 percent off too. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore, Instagram at Motormouth underscore official and Facebook, just search Motormouth. You can also download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. We're also proud to be supporting the Brain Tumor Charity too, so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumours quicker. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motor Mouth Podcast.